You are listening to the Swans Cast Extra, the number one Sydney Swans fans weekend preview podcast. On the field, and the two Rackman are dominating. Crowd really sensing this danger that the Swans are in. Enter Buddy Franklin under the scene. He delays the give. Franklin, this is Buddy Franklin! This is the greatest showman! With me tonight is passionate Swans fan Penny Jackson. In this week's episode, we will preview the Swans' Round 22 match against the Giants in Sydney Derby 15 on Saturday afternoon at Spotless Stadium. We will discuss the selections, what we are looking forward to, matchups and key points, and give the weekend forecast. So, Penny, this is your second podcast now with me. Hey. Are you, you excited? Hey, hey, I made it back. Made it back, yeah. I would just like to say this podcast is sponsored by the Rampy Robe, which I am currently wearing, and it is very awesome. So get on it and get one. Yes, I 100% agree. The uh, Rampy Robe is unbelievable. It is very warm, very cozy, and (laughs) very comfortable. (laughs) It uh, is well worth whatever it costs to buy. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Rampy. Uh, So... So the Swans, they had a pretty big, pretty big win on the weekend. Melbourne actually hasn't beaten a team in the top eight, and one of the two players who were probably one of the best field on that day is Aaliyah Aaliyah. He's had a pretty amazing season so far. He has. I mean, I was reading your article about him. The- oh, thank you. <laughs> you made me. <laughs> um, no, it was. We saw he had a breakout year in 2016, and then he kind of just went off the radar last year and a bit this year. And, you know, I know you talked about on your podcast how he should come back in, and then he came in for the Bulldogs game and did a few good things and did some not-so-good things. And then he just kind of recovered some form in the kneeful, and then he came back, and wow, he's... Like the West Coast game, he just took all these great intercept marks and then he's just yeah, he kept did. going from strength to strength. And thank God we re-signed him because yeah. we're actually going to probably lose him if... Yeah, it did look like he was in football wilderness at one point. It seriously uh, looked like he might even leave the club because he wasn't getting any games. He was in and out of the team and it really looked like he might even go up for trade or just request to be traded. So it was a massive win for the club to re-sign him. But the way he's played, he's, his stats are elite. So there was some information that came out or some statistics since he came back in around 13. He is basically the most elite defender that there is in the competition at the moment. Uh, I am just pulling up those stats right now. Usually I have these prepared, but um, for those who know terrible. me, I, <laughs> I occasionally gush about Aaliyah Aaliyah all the time. Uh, yes, I have heard yes, that. Yes. It's been known to me by <laughs> friends. <laughs> but uh, as, essentially, since round 13, he's leading the league for intercept marks of 35, and he's equal top for intercept possessions with the one and only Jeremy McGovern. Now, obviously, Jeremy McGovern kicked that match-winning goal uh, against Port Adelaide on the weekend, an absolute shank of a kick. Um, his coach, Adam Simpson, described it as a flower bag. Oh, sailed through. That's amazing. Yeah, it was a wobbler. Did you see how Plugger kicked his thirteen hundred? Did you see how Plugger kicked his thirteen hundredth goal? I mean, that exactly wasn't the best goal either. But hey, it went through. Yeah, he got that point as well against Essendon back in '96, and 
any anything would do back in those days with a dodgy hamstring. And look, he has been amazing. I, I went back, had a look over his stats for the whole season through the AFL app. So for those who are Telstra customers with the AFL app, you can get some premium information. He's... 2018 season is far and away better than his 2016 season. Oh, really? Yeah, he's averaging more possessions, more intercept possessions, more marks, uh, more fantasy points, more everything. The only category he was down in, I think, was average tackles per game. Okay. He looks like he's quite strong in intercept marking. He's still, from what I've seen, and, you know, I'm not exactly a football, you know, genius with this stuff, but... He's not that crash hot when he's got a player on the lead. They kind of beat him. Yeah, that was something that happened, I think, back in 2016 quite a lot. Uh, he hasn't... It was the one thing I noticed against Melbourne. I wonder if you noticed it as well. I mean, we're both at the ground. But he wasn't really beaten that much one-on-one, was he? No, no. No, he wasn't. And that was one of the big uh, sort of bugbears, I guess you could say, early in his career was the fact... And North Melbourne, I said this also in the article, North Melbourne in round 22, 2016, exploited his, uh, I, I guess, naivety and lack of experience with the way that they actually rotated Jared Waite, Ben Brown, and Mad Jack Door on him. And he, he was... There was one particular moment in the second quarter in Tasmania where he was literally just standing in the middle of the defensive 50... Not knowing what to do. Tasmania, honey. Tasmania. I think it was in Hobart or Launceston. No, we played them at Etihad. Was it Etihad? Yes. Oh, I got my venues mixed up. That doesn't matter. This is 2016, though. Oh. Yes. That was the one in Tasmania. We played them at SCG earlier. But anyway, um, he actually had a good game when we played him early in the year. But it was um, was quite amazing. And then he came out in the second half and he played like a man on a mission. He actually had a pretty good game. He's a few years behind Magic Door, isn't he? So we've seen how well Magic Door, you know, has come in leaps and bounds. So hopefully the yeah. same thing will happen for Aaliyah. Yeah, I think they're. I think they are roughly about the same age. Uh, but obviously, Magic Door's been in the system for a couple more years longer than uh, Aaliyah, and he's racked up about fifty or sixty games. Aaliyah got injured, didn't he, early on? I think he missed a fair chunk of the season. Did he do his shoulder for memory, or am I just making things up? No, that was uh, Dan Robinson. Uh, Ali had the knee injury from 2016. Oh. And then he had turf toe when he came back in, uh, at the end of preseason 2017. Yeah, naughty boy. Naughty boy, yeah. And he's been plagued with injuries ever since, and he struggled for form and fitness in, in the kneeful. And Tom Harley came out and said, also Reece Shaw came out and said that uh, he finally got it through his head a couple of months ago, what he needed to do to become a AFL-level footballer. And ever since, I mean, you can just see how he plays. But are you uh, enjoying Ali or these days, Penny? I am. I think he's got a good spark. Um, I think people like to see his... How do I put it? Spunk? <laughs> <laughs> On the field. <laughs> Ooh, um, you know what I'm saying. He's like... Um, he's I'm going to refer this to Gail Monfils of tennis. <laughs> they like to see him for his theatrics. Like, yes. his intercept marking. He's just... He's one of those players that you enjoy watching when he does good stuff, I guess. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's been a terrific player for the Swans and really an important player in defence ever since he's come back. I think he's done really well to offset the loss of pretty much everyone in the defence. Grundy, Malikin, um, and now unfortunately Johnson. So, look, um, yeah. fingers crossed he plays the whole season. I would say in the grand final 2016, his absence was sorely missed and very keenly felt. Definitely it was. 
I actually saw him at the grand final two six, 2016. He yeah, walked, we did at the uh, turnstiles. He did. He was right in front of us going into the ground, so it was a bit funny. Only one person recognised him, and we're looking at each other going, is that a Leo? Oh, geez, this too. He's not a big boy. He's actually, he's tall, but very thin and athletic, so he's, he's a he's a good guy. Um, wish him all the best, and hopefully he stays in the team. Now, team selections, Penny. I guess a uh, little surprise, but not too much of a surprise. I was surprised at Robinson. I thought O'Reardon would have come in. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very true. So the changes are Nick Smith is out with a hamstring. Obviously, that's a hamstring tendon injury. He's out for about six weeks. And Alex Johnson, he's out with a knee injury, so he's out for the season. Um, hopefully, he comes back at some point next year. Hopefully, he stays still with the club next year. But the ins are Zach Jones. He was always going to come in. And Dan Robinson, who comes in for midfield depth. It's a um, bit of an interesting selection. But I suppose if you have a look at the Giants team, they haven't got a particularly tall forward line. They're missing Patton, and they don't have a backup ruck, so it's Sinclair and, and Lobb going head-to-head. Well, whatever we work, did last week seemed to work, and maybe Longmire's looking for speed, and you know Cunningham and Heaney did well, so maybe if they push Heaney to the back line, maybe Robinson's going to fill Heaney's position. So, Do you think he could become a uh, permanent fixture in the back line, Heaney, at fullback? Well, for what we saw that last quarter, definitely. He knows how to take a mark. Knows how to beat his own opposition number easily, too. And, and we know he's a goal kicker, so we know he's quite accurate with his foot. So, never know. Yeah, he did really well. And he was, um, him with Aaliyah, they were probably the two most important players in our in our wins. So, yeah, it's, um, I guess, not too many um, selection shocks. But a lot of people, I put out the comment out there on, on Facebook today. And also on Twitter, um, asked people to see what they thought the team selections will be. Uh, a lot of comments about Heath Grundy, um, like Ben Dunlop said, Jones and Grundy for Johnson Smith, obviously. Dan Hocking, he wanted Robbie Fox, Kath Stewart, Jones, Grundy, but not sure about Arorden. So there's a lot of comments. Uh, obviously, Jones was a common element. Grundy was expected. Grundy was expected, but... Yeah, he's got some things going on. I mean, and if he's not ready, then he's not ready. So, yeah, Jones was always going to be the definite one. So, yeah, for sure. The the other thing I think that um, might escape people's attention is Harry Marsh actually injured his hamstring in the Neafel warm up. So he's he's um, out until the finals. To add to Lewis Malikin, who's basically out for the season. Callum Mills is out for the season. Uh, Jack Mobom, who hasn't even debuted yet, out for the season. Grundy. Uh, indefinite uh, Johnson out for the season, which is literally our entire key position depth. So all we've got after this week to pick from is Robbie Fox, who's more like a flanker, and Arorden, who's more like a flanker. We don't have anyone actually to back back up our selections. What about James Rose? Not much of a defender, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to run and get the ball. He just He's not much of a defender. <laughs> yeah. Well, Grundy will come back when he's ready to come back. I mean, we saw in 2015 when Franklin had his mental health issues and he never returned back, even when we made it into finals. So yeah, wishing Heath all the best and I hope him, wish him, his wife and their two kids all the best and... Hopefully we see him at some point next year or whenever he 
is ready to come back. So yeah, absolutely. There's no rush on it, no timeline. Um, when he's ready, and wish him all the best, and hopefully we see him in red and white for a couple more times, at least for another season, because I think he deserves to go around again. And earlier this season, I think he proved his worth, just like Jab McVeigh. Exactly. I reckon Jab McVeigh could play till he's about 100 years old. The way he's going. He's like a fine wine or a great whiskey, just gets older with age. We might have to, with no backline. We could have old man McVeigh and... Um, old man Macca had a farm. <laughs> all the best to Heath. Um, we met him at Players, the... What was it? I can't remember. The Hawthorne match, the Saturday after Hawthorne the Saturday, match. The yeah, and he was so lovely to talk to, so all yeah. the best. He's a great guy, so look, wish him all the best. We want him back, but only when he's ready. Now, on to the preview of the match. So, it is Sydney Derby XV in Roman numerals, which stands for 15. So, oh, well done, Dave. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I had a trivia night a couple of weeks ago where I had to guess what the Roman numerals were for some number, and I just... You failed miserably. No, I got that one right. 155 or something. I just said a bunch of random characters. No, I got it, dear. You we did. both did. No, no, no. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Mrs. Bloggs. Uh, so, obviously, the last two times, the Swans have won. Uh, not by much average winning margin. I think of about 14 points. But the last time they played was uh, the Buddy Franklin last quarter show, really the last five minutes when he went bang. Um, I don't actually remember that because we had some friends over and I had way too much wine because <laughs> I decided to play a game where you pick a player and every time they get a possession, you have a glass, you have a sip of wine. And I think I picked Parker. I had Papley and Parker, and then Papley kicked some goals, and Parker did quite well. Yep. So the last quarter is a bit of a blur bit for a me. Blur, yep. Well, Franklin banged one home from 70 metres out with about five minutes left. That put the Swans up by 16 points. But the Swans actually led by 33 points early in the last quarter. And uh, the Giants came back. They kicked, uh, they kicked four in a row. And they really looked like they were going to run over the top of the Swans, a bit like Melbourne. But um, the Swans ended up hanging on for a really good, tough win. Callum Mills, uh, he was he won the Brett Kirk medal. He was voted best on ground, despite Callum Sinclair having an absolute monster of a game. Three goals, 45 hit-outs, 15 disposals, four score involvements, and six clearances. He mm. was enormous. Uh, he absolutely towed up Rob. Um, I can't remember. I think Patton. Rob. Lob. Rob. Rob. Lob Rob. Yeah, good old getting these names wrong again. I really... I've got them written down somewhere. <laughs> so, Patton plays. So, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's no Patton. There's no Mills. I mean, Swans seem to have a bit of an issue with... I think it's been talked about on the number of Facebook pages about the Swans trying to finish their last quarters. So, hopefully, we have a good four-quarter effort. And Yeah. Well, there is similarities between Giants and Melbourne game from last weekend. And that was uh, Reed and Malikin. They both went down. So they were down to two players on the bench. But Reed and Malikin, obviously, they went down with, I think, only about three or four minutes left in the match. Mm. At literally, like, the same time in almost the same contest. Mm. So it was it was quite amazing and really bizarre, actually, uh, watching on TV. Where's Reed? Where's Malikin? They're both hobbling off <laughs> the bench. Yeah, that's where it really all started. <laughs> yeah, we're looking okay up until that point. And after then, it was like, ah, damn it. Mm. But look, uh, Swans head to head. They lead it, ten to four. You wouldn't know about that from the AFL app today. When no. the Giants overrun the Swans, 
Yeah, AFL app. You forgot to mention in 2016 the Swans actually made the grand final yep. and the Giants didn't. So it was all about how the great Giants you oh, know, yeah. beat, their young, beat their younger sibling, oh, older sibling, <laughs> oh, God, younger sibling, older sibling. and oh, but Yes, the big brother getting beaten by the, the little brother rolling up. But uh, look... It's been two really good games the last couple of times. Before that, obviously, the Giants, they won three in a row. And they kind of gave the, the Swans a bit of a lesson each time. They did. But it's been a bit weird because the Giants back then, they had arguably the best list in the AFL for about two years. Uh, and now both, both Swans and Giants are in a little bit of transition. So it's quite interesting. Uh, it'll be nice to see the Swans obviously get up again. Oh, definitely. Um We've got Stevie J in our corner now, so hopefully he'll give us some hints and tips. And the Swans, I mean, this game, both teams have everything to play for. I mean, top yeah. four is riding on the line. So no matter who's injured, you've still the best team has to win on the day. So Yes, yes, true. So a Giants win wraps up top four for them. They're just about guaranteed. Well, not quite. Uh, they have to rely on Hawthorne still losing a match and Collingwood still losing a match. Mm. But the latter is obviously Richmond first, West Coast second, Collingwood third, Hawthorne fourth, Giants fifth, Swan sixth. And the Giants play Melbourne next week after us. So In Melbourne too. So that'll be an interesting match. I think Melbourne will be out for blood. So Yeah, yeah, they, uh, they played the bloods and all their blood was spilt. So they've got to go and pick it up and play again. Oh, <laughs> terrible pun, terrible pun. I am no good with jokes whatsoever. <laughs> oh, honey. Oh, dear. <laughs> now, both Sydney teams, uh, two all, at uh, Sydney Showgrounds, spotless. So it's going to be an interesting match. Uh, last time they played there, this one's won. Um, that was the infam- infamous Bendit-like buddy. Yes. That was an amazing goal from the, from the sidelines. And look... Franklin's been a difference the last two times I've played. He's a machine. I mean, he can't kick it from 30 out in front, but give him a, <laughs> a wide angle, sitting on the boundary line, and he'll slot it every time. Basically, Rose Z on the left side of the field, he'll still kick a goal. Exactly. So he <laughs> looked pretty good last week in the, the Collingwood game. We know he's been injured and he's had that dodgy heel, and hopefully he comes out and plays his best. Him and Phil Davis will always be a good matchup. Davis always seems to have him shut down for at least two quarters and then Franklin just explodes and kicks a couple of goals. So hopefully Franklin does his best. Yeah, no, agreed. And hopefully this time Franklin will actually have his number from the get-go. Yeah, exactly. Be good, though, to have um, some support as well because we don't want just rely on Franklin. So hopefully, like we did at Melbourne game, we actually have McCartan, Heaney, Ronk, Papley, Papley. Yep. I had to think about that. <laughs> Haywood also. Haywood. And Florent was one of the most impressive players as well that game. He took a couple of really good contested marks and he actually took one on Max Gorn. Oh, did he? That's yeah, right, he did. He too. did, yeah. And so did um, the 18 year old uh, Tom McCartan, who we uh, went to the same uh, function. Fan Day. Fan Day, this one's Fan Day. And we're like, who the hell is this? Is that, yeah. um... We thought it was Stoddart. Stoddart. <laughs> and it come over, it's, oh, no, it's Tom McCartan. He <laughs> was so lovely. He shook her hands, and he had, like, two people lining up to see him, and, and I'm like, oh, that was McCartan. It was McCartan. And he had a bit of a laugh, and I asked him if he's the uh, better McCartan. <laughs> well, 
Well, he probably knows he's after the Collingwood game. So yep. uh, we showed against Melbourne what we can actually do when you kick it to a forward on a lead instead of just bombing yeah. it and hoping. So Well, we're going to have to do a lot of that against the Giants. Uh, I had a bit of a look over the stats, and the Giants edged the Swans in a few categories. But there were some pretty interesting ones. So... The uh, I guess the Swans, they have Franklin, who is third in the Coleman medal race with 52 goals. Jeremy Cameron was right up there at one point, but he's now trailing back in ninth place with 41 goals. Well, that's what a suspension will do to you. Yep, yep. Now, that's definitely the case. And the Swans and Giants, they're not too far apart on goals, but the Giants are the most inaccurate team in the league. They oh, are, really? They are ranked first for behinds. Oh, it's wow. it's incredible, actually. And the Swans are the most accurate team in the league. The first for behinds. If you could believe it. Because so- we don't have many shots on goal because <laughs> we have no forwards. <laughs> so it was, uh, I'm looking at that, it was absolutely stunning. The Swans, they averaged 9.1 behinds per game. Because yeah, we have 10 shots at goal. 10 shots at goal, and they're all from Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> and the Giants, they averaged 13.5. So it's it's going to be an interesting game. The Giants are one of the, I guess, most scoring teams, or at least they have the most shots on goal. Um, AFL doesn't really provide a lot of stats about that on the site, but they do get a lot of inside 50s. They're top eight for inside 50s, and I think they're like top four or five for shots per inside 50s. That's the problem, though, when you have all those inside 50s and you... Have you might you know score thirteen average of thirteen behinds a game? Yeah. But the main thing is you're getting those inside fifties, and we all know the Swans have struggled with that. So yeah, we don't want you know suddenly the Giants to turn around and have suddenly great goal kicking and yeah. those thirteen average of thirteen behinds could be thirteen goals and yeah, you know, exactly. We've been very lucky in especially last week that Melbourne really could have. You know, they kicked 0.6 <laughs> in the first quarter. I mean, they could have really blown us out of the water after yeah. 10 minutes. So, Well, they kind of did what we did last year. We kicked 214 about a third of the way through the second quarter. Oh, that game was terrible. Oh, it was a terrible game. And I remember us were freezing on the sidelines when we kicked the 14th behind. I think I just laughed hysterically for about two minutes. Yeah, and the Bronx <laughs> cheer when we actually got a goal. <laughs> And when Rowan marked, I think he's fourth, third or fourth inside 50 mark, and then he just handballed it off to someone else, and it was just like, ah. But that's last year. So, uh, look, the Swans are going to have to do a bit different this week to stop so many inside 50s. They got smashed against uh, Melbourne, 60-43. And the uh, Giants actually do pretty well in that figure. So Sydney, I think, are bottom four for inside 50s. So they need to improve that. Just curious, though, the inside 50 count, I think we were leading at three-quarter time, so I think we just lost our legs in that last quarter. So I think if we had a, had a strong team and not so many, like, not too down, then yeah. maybe that inside 50 count might have been a bit different. I agree, 100% agree. I think if we weren't down two rotations since really the end of the first quarter, mm. uh, that could have been a different tale. We might have even gone on to win by an even bigger margin. Our average winning margin against Melbourne over the last while now at the MCG is about 35 points. So that was Melbourne's closest game for, oh, I think 2011, 2012. So for a very long time. So another another couple of stats. You got Giants. They average uh, 3.7 contested possessions more. So both teams are pretty close to that. Uh, the Swans average almost three more contested marks per game. Now the 
Swans are the fourth best contested marking side in the league, so they've got a couple more. Uh, and the they've both got the same number of marks inside 50, so they both get it in there and they both mark it. But the Giants are the f- top-ranked team in a league for clearances, total clearances. I think they're about fourth or fifth for center clearances, but first for stoppage clearance. So if it's around the ground, they have been devastating. They are uh, by far and away the best team in the league for that. Melbourne was up until last week, but now it's the Giants. They absolutely killed it on the weekend. They're 65 ahead of the Swans. Makes sense with our midfield being so down. With the injuries to Kennedy, Hanabry, and Jack... And now you look at the Giants' midfield. I think, is Scully injured at the moment, Joss? Yeah, Scully's, uh, I believe, gone for the season. Uh, they do have a couple of other um, big names out as well. Uh, so um, the Swans do have a chance, so, certainly in the midfield matchup. I'm just pulling up the team sheet right now. Um, the uh, So they have brought in Harry Perriman. Jeremy Finlayson and Daniel Lloyd, and out goes Sam Reed, Heath Shaw, that which is a massive loss for them, and Josh Kelly. Oh wow! Uh, that is two massive outs for them. That is as big as it gets for the Giants. They are two of the basically top six players. Obviously, we know about the Swans outs, but um, that, that's pretty big. But they've still got a lot of depth in their midfield. They do, but you never write the Swans off. So no, it seems like uh, it's the AFL and the AFL media and the general media's favourite pastime. Write the Swans off. Exactly. <laughs> now, on to matchups. So, we've got four matchups here. Now, the first one we've got is Aaliyah Aaliyah against Harry Himmelberg. Don't know a lot about Himmelberg. So, go Aaliyah. Yeah, look, uh, Himmelberg's um, he's a bit like Mason Wood. He can be quite quick and athletic, and he's uh, he's he's quite good at doubling back, and he's a pretty um, pretty reasonable goal kicker as well. Well, we saw how Mason Wood destroyed us in the North Melbourne game. Yes, yes, early in the season. Thank you for bringing that up. I probably shouldn't have mentioned his name. <laughs> but he, he's a threat. Himmelberg, um, not quite related to the... Um, the blimp. The blimp. <laughs> <laughs> Himmelberg, Hindenburg, that's who I was after. <laughs> but he's a, he's, a, he's a decent option. Um, he's a bit better than Xavier Richards. So he's, oh, he's don't no, knock the Zave. Not knocking the Zave, but he's a he's a decent forward, so uh, he's a good sort of third tall for them. Not quite Gunston level, but a good option. Yeah. Uh, I would say Ali is probably going to intercept as much as he can and get in front of Cameron. Exactly. And we are 100% screwed if <laughs> him or Rampy are injured at any point. <laughs> we don't even have anyone. There is literally no one on the field to go back in defence. You know, stop saying that, because if you keep saying it, it's actually going to happen. Thank you for reminding me about that. You're welcome, hon. Uh, so Dane Rampey as well. He's facing Jeremy Cameron. Well, Cameron's got off the lead a few times, so yeah, he has. And last time, um, he was making Rampey look a bit second rate. Certainly, if we go back to the 2016 finals, yes, I remember that, and he totally destroyed us in the space of a couple of minutes. Yeah, 15 minutes. He turned on his head. Rampey's had some trouble recently with forwards. He always gets paid the free kick against him for holding. Do you think that might have something to do with Coffee Gate? Possibly. Clarko's winch. Well, yeah, it just seems like every yeah. Well, people have been saying that uh, Longwine needs to go and have a winch as well. 
Oh, what coffee you get? Tea gate. Tea gate, yeah. Hot Win- chocolate gate. Hot chocolate gate. <laughs> what over earlier? Winch gate. Winch gate. I mean, what's it? Longmire has a coffee, and then everyone else has a coffee. Why don't they just all have a group of coffees? Seriously. Yeah. It's like complaining to the high school principal. Yeah, except this time, um, he's in someone's pocket. <laughs> Every time Clarkson has a winch, he responds. Yeah, well. Karma works Karma. in beautiful yeah. ways, Clarko. So do you reckon uh, Rampy can get the job done this time? I hope he can. No, same here, same here. We need him to. It's, I'd say, crucial, because otherwise they don't really have too many other scoring options. No, they don't, but, you know, you find a way to score, so you need to shut down Jeremy Cameron and... Yeah, absolutely. Now, Lance Franklin, uh, are we going to get the uh, Jekyll or the Hyde? Uh, the Jekyll being the good one and the Hyde being the guy who plotted around about three weeks ago. Oh, I guess Michael Hurley. Yeah. Well, this is a big game for the Swans, and usually when we have a big game, Buddy kind of... He lifts, yeah. He lifts. So, I love Buddy. I'm a Buddy lover, so... <laughs> we have a dog named Buddy as well. So, I'm going to say that Buddy will lift. I do say that Phil Davis will have his measure at some point, but then Franklin will just explode. Yep. And I think Longmire, I think last week when they they played him up the ground, I mean, the guy's an excellent field kick, so we've got to utilise that. I mean, and utilise him in the goal square. Don't just bomb it to him. We know the guy can't take an overhead mark, and if he does, he usually has one or two juggles. So kick it to him on advantage. Or if he's being double teamed, where's that free player? Like... He's a good footballer and he's a good kick for goal. So, you know, yeah, kick it to his advantage. Don't just kick it and hope he takes a screamer. Yeah, and bomb it on his head. He's not. He, I don't really think he's taken a screamer at all in his career. He doesn't get off the ground. No. He's not the kind of player at 196 to chuck in the ruck because I think he'd lose every ruck contest. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> he's got value elsewhere. And if Yeah, absolutely agree. And look, he definitely needs to bring his A game. Obviously, it's going to depend on on his foot. And whether or not he can run around. Exactly. Now, the next one we've got is Will Haywood against Adam Kennedy. Now, Kennedy is an important player on their back line. Will Haywood's been playing a few different roles. He's been up and down in the last couple of weeks. But this is a pretty pretty big game for him. He's He needs to be able to to be able to shut him down. Yeah, Will, Will, like the young boys, looks like he needs a bit of a break, to be honest. I mean, he kicked the goal last week against Melbourne. And I, I remember we were, the game, and I was like, what are you doing? Why is he just kicking in the air and it bounced through for a goal? So <laughs> hopefully he shows us what he can do. He's been a bit down on his goal kicking the last couple yeah. of weeks, but then the forward delivery hasn't been exactly, you know, superb. So And the Swans have managed to win despite only kicking 70 points two games in a row. Yeah, but uh, he's managed to win and you want them to, you know, win well. Yeah. You know, you just don't want to keep managing to win the next few games. I mean, of course, a win is awesome, but you know, yeah. you want to have a cohesive forward line. But I think that's yeah. probably something to do with the midfield as well. I mean, you have to have cohesive forward, mid, and back. You just can't have a cohesive defence. I mean, yeah. you can, it's great to have a cohesive defence, but you've got to, you know, get the ball to the mids. And then we saw last week, you know, if you, they can actually kick the ball to the forwards, then. You know, I've got a good chance of scoring, so hopefully Will steps up. Yeah, look, there's something um, that on that, and it's a really good point to make, actually, because a lot of people Thank criticised... You. You're welcome. A lot of people criticised Dan, um, Dan Hanabry 
and they said that maybe he's, uh, we're talking not only Swans fans, but a lot of people in media said that he's past it, his body's breaking down, it's letting him down, he's no longer fast, etc. and so forth. He was never a fast player. Never, ever a fast player. He's never even an elite user of the ball. But what he has been able to do is he's been is he's got elite. He has elite fitness, and he has been able to get from contest to contest to contest. And he's just been able to burn his opponent because his opponent just doesn't have the same level of fitness. And what he did when he came back on Sunday was exactly that. And the ability, his ability to just keep the ball moving and keep the ball moving ensured that the Swans could actually move the ball from defence to the midfield to attack. And they did that in the second, third quarter brilliantly. Exactly. I mean, I feel like the media just kind of finds a player and they go, oh, they're down, they're out, and now they're being traded to St Kilda. So, <laughs> St Kilda's after literally everyone, every man and their dog, even the guys who, uh, unfortunately, they've kind of passed on football and they're like in their 50s and 60s. I hear St Kilda still into them. Hey, Plugger might come back to St Kilda. <laughs> Barry Hall, you never Barry know. Hall, Barry, Barry, Barry Hall's a free agent, got fired from Fox Sports for no. making lewd comments. Yes, well, let's not discuss that no, because as a no. midwife, that was very disgusting. Yes, yes, it was Anyway, um, no, I love Hanabry and you know, I think he's a great player and... You know, he said on his um, interview that he's only trained, like, for five minutes. And, you know, I think as outside supporters, we expect, oh, you know, our Swans players to be up and ready every, every game. Week, and yeah. we actually don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, you know, there's a guy who's hardly trained and is expected to play, like, an, at an elite level. And it's a bit sad, really, that, you know, if he couldn't train, then why was he playing? but then maybe they didn't have any other options. So, you know, I saw some flashes of the old Hanabry, and we'll see how he goes this week. So- yeah, I think people are probably a bit fast to jump on him. Oh, he's had a bad game. I mean, despite the fact he's missed four or five in a row. Oh, he's got 26 disposals, but he missed kicks. Oh, he's terrible. He's not elite anymore. He hasn't had a preseason for two years. Exactly. I mean... You know, I was one of those people myself after the loss to Essendon. Oh, probably the Suns, actually. I, you know, was all over Facebook going, you know what? Shut up shop. Play the kids. Let's just give up on the season. And I fully admit that. Yeah, yeah, same. I'd say the same. I was saying, let's uh, get Nick Blakey and let's uh, not quite tank it, but play the kids. Let's play see what the kids, happen. I mean. And now, look, we've won the last two games, which, to be honest, I didn't think we were going to win. And I mean, we're still playing the kids. <laughs> we were $3 against Melbourne, and yes, I put a sneaky $50 bet on us because the odds were awesome, and thank you, Sydney. But yep. um, they've proven the last two weeks that um, maybe I should have eaten my words. But there's still, you know, two hard games to go, and there's, I think it was one of the Fox footy commentators who actually just said a smart comment that even though we have these tough next two games, I mean, if we win them, we're actually the form team coming into the yeah. the finals, ironically. I so. think he listens to the Swans cast because I said that a week ago. Oh, well, <laughs> oh he stole, was it Wayne Carey st- or Jason Dunstall yeah, stole, they stole your my line. They stole my line because I said that if we win NX3, we will be the form team in the league. Okay, well, there you go. Justin, you've now got a job at Fox Footy. But um, like I said, it's... Uh, we'll short s- on material, dear. We'll see how we go, you know. A week's a long time in football. So yep. the Swans were riding high of the emotion of the last two weeks, especially with AJ and the highs and the lows. So it'll be interesting to see if they can back it up this week. I mean, last week was a very physical, tiring game. And, you know, yeah. so fingers crossed we do it again as the Swans and... Oh, absolutely. Look, I went and had a look at the uh, the list of players that we haven't played. 
compared to the ones we've played. John Longmire said in his press conference uh, for the for the Derby, I think yesterday it was, that the Swans had played 36 players over the course of the season. Oh, that's Which good. is absolutely ridiculous. I went back and had a look. The only players that we hadn't played, uh, I think, have been missing so long through injury or the rookies who haven't even debuted yet. And they're still injured, so they're not even going to get a debut because they're injured. Look, regardless of what happens this season, I mean, I think this season we've been quite dogged by injuries and the whole Tippett, Naismith, Mills. Yeah, Reed, Malikin. Reed, Malikin, Johnson at the start, throughout the year. And, you know, whatever happens this year, um, you know, it's we've done, you know, amazingly well. Yeah, we've done, we've done pretty well. And our future's looking very promising, so... Hopefully next year we just don't get injured and find a good doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But honey, let's take it one week at a time. Let's not look too far ahead. Yeah, We've still got the Giants. Exactly. So anything can happen. Anything can happen. We're coming up to finals footy and I know everyone thinks that the Premiership Cup is Richmond's, but this is their Premiership to lose. Yep. So anyway, well, back to the Swans. Back to the Swans. Yeah, let's look at a couple of key points about the match. So look, the, uh, the Giants, they're definitely going to stack up on Franklin. There is absolutely no question about that. Of course they would. Yep. So this is, uh, I think it's really important that the Swans, they lower their eyes when they're going inside 50 or even inside 60 metres and look for other targets. Definitely. Well, we spoke about that. Yeah. Look, I thought they did that really well against the Demons until Franklin basically started calling for the ball literally everywhere on the field. He was even in the back 51 point calling for the ball. Oh, well. I think he might have gone for goal from about 100 metres out. Who cares? I mean, the guy kicked two goals for He had six scoring shots. I mean, the guy's getting the ball. That's the main thing. Yeah, he had a massive, massive second half. He was definitely one of our best if players. He kicked six, if he kicked all, all four of those behinds as a goal, then we're laughing. Oh, yeah, we would have won that by seven, eight goals in the end. Um, obviously, the Giants, they, they are the number one clearance team in the league, so the Swans really have to try to break even, just like they did against the Demons. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Sinclair got beaten last week, and well, he's really been beaten the last two weeks against arguably the best two ruckmen in the league. But the Swans have done really well in clearances and contested possessions. They've really like trailed by a small margin. Sinclair's done awesome, considering you know what he was like when we got him. Yeah, like even my mum called him a bit of a spud. <laughs> yeah, he has done. He has done really well. Last time uh, the, the Swans played the Giants, obviously earlier this year, round three, uh, lob. Not Rob, but Lob got a bit of a beating from Sinclair, and it was arguably Sinclair's best career game. So, I mean, Sinclair's in for another one. He could do really well again. And uh, obviously, look, Lob again on him. He was massive last week, so it's incumbent on Sinclair to make sure he doesn't get off the chain again. But I think uh, maybe Jacobs had um, checked out for the season. Yeah, well. He, he was playing like he checked out for the season. <laughs> he wasn't playing very well. So, look, Jacobs had one of those stinkers. Now, on to predictions. Mm-hmm. So, I have one. It is Franklin to kick five goals. Ooh, that's a bit of a... Now, this is uh, the Jekyll and Hyde argument. If we get Hyde, he might not even have five possessions. He'd kick five points. He might not even have five possessions in the first half. But if we get Jekyll, I reckon he's, he might even be uh, up for five goals in the first half. So, it really depends on the Franklin we get. Mm-hmm. And that depends on his foot, obviously. And uh, Penny? Mine is Essendon will beat Richmond. So I'm actually going to this game tomorrow night. And Richmond looks like they've played it safe with... Co- not Conquer. With Asprey, Cochin, 
and Prestia are out. So I think they're playing it safe and Essendon have a lot to play for. So Yeah, there's still a sneaky chance of finals. Um, it's out of their hands. They really need results to go their way. I think they need teams above them to just keep losing. Exactly. Geelong, I need to lo- I think they need to lose both of their matches. Uh, Port Adelaide, I think, need to lose both of their matches for Essendon to slip in. And North Melbourne's also. I mean, they basically blew their chances, but they are a mathematical chance as well. So exactly. So you never know. I mean, yeah. R- Richmond. You know, they're not. They might go all all out, but hopefully, yes, they win, and uh, hopefully, they win for you, Steph. And <laughs> if not, we'll be getting drunk at the game. Yep. Look, like I said last week, uh, the equation was three games, three wins, top four. Obviously, mm-hmm. now the equation is. Two games, two wins, top four. Yep. That that is it. That is it for the Swans. It's all in their hands. Now for the weekend forecast, Penny, you have a sure thing. Well, Port Adelaide and Melbourne fans are in for a horror show. At one point during these two games, they are probably going to shit themselves and think, "Oh my god!" So it'll be a nervous wait for these two clubs. I mean, their destiny was in their hands, except for the whole point gate. Point gate, okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, against Adelaide and um, Melbourne's last quarter gate against the Sw- last quarter gate against the Swans. So, I yeah, look, um, Melbourne, Jaden Hunt and Jesse Hogan are out. Oh, Hogan! Yeah, so uh, they've brought in Wiedemann, uh obviously, and Jake Melksham. Uh, they uh, and Michael Hibbard, so and Dean Ken as well. So it looks like most likely Wiedemann and if Jake Melksham is fit, looks like those two are the ins. Uh, Eagles into their extended squad have added basically newbies. Uh, yeah, Matthew right. Allen and Francis Watson could potentially debut, uh, as well as Jackson Nelson and Jake Waterman. He's an old player, isn't he? I have absolutely no idea who any of them are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, look, um, Port Adelaide are in for a horror show, but stunningly, uh, I couldn't even believe this, uh, Paddy Ryder. Has um, oh they were saying Paddy Ryder is going to be fit for the end of this year, but he's going to play. Paddy Ryder is not even excluded. So they're playing him. He's injured. He's clearly injured. They're going to play him. Uh, so good luck to them. You're right, Penny. They could both be in for a horror show at some point. And I reckon Melbourne might throw their cheese platters out when they cross over the Nullarbor. Just throw them out the car window on the way back. It's ironic and Melbourne are playing West Coast and West Coast with the team to knock Melbourne out of the finals. So. Yep, yeah, exactly. Now, my most at stake is Swan's undersized defence cops another injury. They're, they are basically teetering on the edge. Uh, you'd never say wish anything upon anyone, and I honestly do not wish anything upon them. But if you look back in the reserves, there are no there are no options uh, short of playing McCartan at so half back, that's that's it. That is the only choice. He's the only other tall player. Um, they might bring Darcy Cameron in to put Sinclair at back line, but honestly, I hope that never happens. Doomsday scenario, Penny. Oh, mine is that St Kilda are going to beat Hawthorne, which is going to result in in Coffee Gate Part Two. Also, Hawthorne are going to come out firing the following week and smash us. So, yes, if St Kilda do win. Which is about as unlikely as it gets. Uh, that's going to um, obviously do Richo a world of good with his coaching gig. And that is pretty much going to sink Hawthorne's chances at a top four finish. Yes. And given, last, obviously, results. Then it becomes result-oriented. The last thing we want to play is Haw- uh, Hawthorne out for blood. 
Yes, especially once Clarko's had a, another whinge. Mm. So, Penny, do you think the uh, Swans will win on the weekend? And oh, how much by? I hope so. I hope we win, let's say, 17. 17 goals or points? Points! <laughs> 17 goals would be great. Now, I, um, I'm saying the Swans are going to win as well. I am going to go a little bit more. I'm going to go 21 points. You're just copying me. No, no, no. Look, GWS, they are the form team in the competition. They won nine from ten. But they haven't really looked convincing in any win. They've just found a way to win. Like the old Swans Hawthorne days years ago, like six years ago. They just kept grinding out wins. But I think uh, I think the Swans are going to have their measure this week. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Penny, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, Swanscast Extra episode. Appreciate it. You're very welcome, hon. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Love uh, you, sweetie. Yeah, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> as as always, guys, we are on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, the tag SwansBlog. You can always get in touch with us during the week with the hashtags SwansCast and SwansCastExtra. Until next time, go Swans. Go Swans.